What's up, everyone? It's Monday, episode 47 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Balafato. He is Joe Fan. We are hanging out here in the Blue Wire studio. I like that little fist bump. Yeah. Fist bump on a Monday. Joe's tired. We carpooled again because my car is damaged. Uh, so we carpooled to work, and Joe was saying how tired he was. He actually put ice cubes on his face this morning, which wow. I've never even thought of. I thought we were in the trust tree here, <laughs> and I just got put on blast. You my put it on Twitter. Goodness. You said you're tired on Twitter. I didn't tell Twitter that I put ice cubes on my face <laughs> so I wouldn't have, you know, handbags under my eyes. It worked, honestly. Let's yeah, thanks. I might start doing that. It's amazing. Every year you get older, it gets harder and harder to recover from a weekend with your buddies. Like, it's like the best. This is what I put on Twitter. It's the absolute best having your buddies in town, having a big weekend, and it's the absolute worst trying to recover. And you sort of feel like maybe this is how life is going to go now. And I'm just going to be feeling 40% forever. But we'll get back. We got a great night's sleep last night. It was just about half of what I needed. So um, very fun weekend. Weather was great here in Vegas. Uh, played some terrible golf with my buddies, but the vibes were high throughout. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I was the same, but maybe not as crazy. You're a little crazier than me. I am wild. You, you, you are. You were telling me what you did. I'm like, I went to the beach. I went for a run on the beach. I ate some pizza, was in bed by midnight. I went to California, but it was more for a, a relaxing trip. So yeah, I can't really. It's just kind of my life motto is don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> okay. And yeah. And we move on. Anyway, we have a fun show. We're going to talk some headlines in NBA college hoops. My parents are going to be thrilled to listen. Yeah, they're going to be pumped. Sorry, I totally exposed you there. But they follow you on Twitter, right? They know. They know what's up. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) No, for sure. We'll find about it after the show. We'll talk talk NBA college hoops, get into some NFL rumors, and then, of course, end with winning picks. Before we do that, let's talk some of our wins, some of our losses in victory lap and hold this L. And Joe Fan continues to win. So, Joe, take it away. Yeah, my winning pick was Middle Tennessee State minus six and a half at Marshall. And they battled to get me that cover. Uh, They are an absolute machine. I didn't really bet over the weekend because my buddies were here. But I just had to autoplay Middle Tennessee State again because got to keep riding them. And they covered with ease again. Um, I gave out three picks on the show. It was Ohio State and Murray State who also covered with ease. No problem. I went five and two on Thursday. Uh, one of those two losses was Hofstra. And I was like, oh, they're a way better team. It's a big number, but you know, at home they can blow them out. They were 14-point favorites, and they lost by 25 oh. points. Great. A 39-point swing on what the line was. So you just kind of chuckle and move on with your day on that one. Um, and then I went 2-0 and oh on Friday. Um, right now I have a 31 and nine record against the, uh, against the spread over my last 40 plays that I put out on Twitter, which is awesome. Really enjoyed it. It's going to come to an end at some point, but hopefully not today. Uh, and then I put just a quick little parlay together that lost on Saturday because Texas tech and Loyola lost Loyola Chicago lost outright, which was rude and selfish of them, but you know, you can't win them all. It's almost better to have those massive swings where you're like, all right, this was never in my favor. So Hard to lose sleep about a 14-point favorite losing by 25. Right. There's nothing you can do there. I hear you. As your hot streak continues, mine came to, I mean, I'm still up units. I still have a good record on the season NHL. 12-8-1, up 4.18 units. However, I gave out a good amount of plays on Thursday. Went 2-4, not the best. However, I will talk about them. Jackets Panthers 
I played them over seven at plus money. We talked about this. It was inching up past over six and a half, juiced heavy at night. In the morning, I was saying, I'm happy I grabbed it at plus money. I don't know why I didn't make that my winning pick because I really was hot on it. It hit easily. I also played Jackets team total over two and a half, two plus money plays, final score 63. They both hit. I really don't know why. I should have made it my winning pick, but I didn't. Hopefully you cashed if you follow me on Twitter and you tailed. A few losses. My winning pick was wild team total over two and a half. That lost. I was back in the wild as dogs, maybe trying to get a little too cute, fading the Leafs, as I said, I might regret. I did. Uh, but they did have some poor production the previous games. I had good reasoning for it. I was fading Peter Morazic, who had just given up five goals to the worst offensive team in the NHL. The wild had the second best team total record, averaging almost four a game. I just have to remind everyone, right? Like it was a good play. It didn't hit. It's fine. It's all good. Silver lining, though, ended Thursday with at least 20 cents of CLV on each play. The wild team total even moved a full goal in my favor and still didn't hit. So it sucks. It's like CLV looks good, feels good, but no one gives a crap because if they're not making money, then you suck. You're the worst better in the world, right? That's how it works. Logic. You aren't. I can confirm that. <laughs> I can I can feel pretty confidently I've checked with sources. You are not, in fact, the worst sports better in the world. So and, and my bank account tells me the same. So we move on. We move on. Hey. I got another pick for today. Uh, so we'll talk hockey in a bit. But before we do that, let's talk headlines. We got hoops, we got NFL, but quick note on MLB. We talked about it last week. Today is deadline day. The goal is to come to an agreement on the luxury tax to end the lockout, which they should have done a while ago. They had their longest meeting yesterday, about six hours back and forth. Even if there is no deal today, which I'm not very hopeful for, they will keep negotiations going. However, a continued lockout means it's likely we see regular season games start to get canceled or postponed a full 162 game season not looking very likely right now, players would lose $20.5 million in salary for each day the season is canceled. The whole reason they're having this meeting, of course, is that money the player is getting paid. Owners not wanting to dish out the cash. It blows my mind that we're still here and we haven't come to a conclusion. I'm just beside myself. <laughs> Your face tells me the same. I'm just beside myself with, like, how do we even get to a deadline day? When we, they've had four plus months to figure this out. They didn't even start meeting on a daily basis till what, last week, two weeks ago. And Jeff Passan, good on him, who, what I, I love about Jeff is that one, I think he's the, the predominant, 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 best, yep, the most best, prominent, <laughs> the best, best, yep, uh, most influential voice in baseball in terms of media. And he wrote uh, a column absolutely eviscerating owners uh, for the owner's arrogance, the mistreatment of players. And as, as his tweet reads, as the league threatens to turn its lockout into a canceled opening day, the story of how something so very avoidable grew into Rob Manfred's disastrous outcome. Shameful. And it, I don't get it. I just am sad. And I'm sad as a baseball fan and I'm sad as a Mariners fan who just wants nothing more than to get excited about opening day. Thank goodness March Madness is coming um, because that at least gives us something and it gives me something to, to really get excited about. But if if opening day is not on the heels of that national championship game, it'd just be a bummer. Doesn't look promising. 
We will continue to talk about it, of course, as the lockout is likely to continue. Hope for the best. I listen to Dirty Water and Sweet Caroline every morning, just waiting to see my Red Sox play again. <laughs> but for now, we'll talk basketball because that is very much ongoing. And James Harden is now two games in as a Philly 76er. He had his debut on Friday. Sixers were laying two and a half on the road. They crushed the T-Wolves with a total Final score of 133 to 102. Harden put up 27 points on 7 for 12 shooting, 5 of 7 from the 3, 8 rebounds, 12 assists. Puts on a show, but of course, because it wasn't too long ago where he had a debut for the Nets, 30-point triple-double in his debut there. So he's pretty good on those first games back. He likes to prove something. His team then went on to beat the Knicks last night in MSG, where he put up, again, Crazy numbers, 29 points, 16 assists, 10 rebounds. Joel Embiid, after that win last night, said he and Harden as a pair on this offense were unstoppable, which I'm not really going to deny that. So let's overreact a little here. We have a two-game sample, but that's what we like to do. Essentially, you have this big three when you consider Tyrese Maxey. So Harden, Embiid, Maxey, you can decide how much you want to call that a big three. I call it a big three. How different is this team now with, Harden after what you saw in just two games? Immensely different. I mean, Harden's a bona fide superstar, arguably the best scorer in the game. And both of those guys get to the free throw line at such an, a high rate, which is huge. Joel Embiid is averaging more free throws per minute than any other player in NBA history so far this year. You could say they have a, a big two, certainly. But then, yeah, the thing like Tobias Harris was. Good player, not a big three type caliber superstar. Now he's their fourth option offensively with Tyrese Maxey, who continues to get better each and every week. And even with James Harden, another ball dominant guard on the floor, he is still getting his. It's it's Tobias Harris's usage and points, at least through two games, that have been um, the victim of, of Harden's presence. But you can't argue with the blowout wins. Still very early, but there's a reason why when when this trade went down, I went immediately and took the 76ers at plus a thousand to win the NBA championship. Um, because the East is wide open and they, they've got they've got two guys on a night to night basis that can carry you. They have to stay healthy, just as is the case with any team's superstars. But um that starting lineup, I worry that they're too thin on the bench. Um, but you throw those four guys with Matisse Dibel who's one of the best on-ball defenders in the game. I mean, that's a perfect role player to throw into a mix of, of four guys that are more volume scorers. So I love the Sixers. I've always been a huge Joel Embiid fan. I think he's the MVP of the league this season. Um, and now having Harden is pretty remarkable. You mentioned Embiid's MVP odds. He's the short favorite at plus 140 to win MVP. And usually you think when you have a player like Harden, joining you, he's your teammate now. Is that going to sort of take away the shine, take away the opportunity from Embiid, or you still think that you're getting good value? No, because I think what he did before Harden arrived mm -hmm. was enough to where... It's not like Harden's turning this terrible franchise into a winner. I mean, this team was winning games without him. Um, it just, to me, elevates their, their chances to win a championship. Joel Embiid absolutely deserves to win MVP, and his numbers... As you've seen with Harden, it's not like they're going to dip. It's not like, oh, now he's here, so now Joel Embiid's right. numbers are cut in half or taking mm -hmm. a huge hit, where it gives someone else a chance to win. Um, you know, 
There's other guys out there that are having amazing seasons. DeMar DeRozan, certainly right mm. now. Uh, this Crazy. string of 35-point games has been incredible. But to me, Joel Embiid is deserving to be the short favorite. It's also sort of interesting, as we're going to pivot to the Nets here um, in a second. But I would say, like, on Twitter, like, you just never want to be the main character. Because mm. it's like, you, just, you did something dumb and you're getting crushed for it. Yeah. For so long in the NBA, Kevin Durant was like kind of the main character. He was the guy who had Twitter burner accounts. Mm -hmm. um, he left the Thunder to go to the Warriors team that had just beat them in the Western Conference Finals and chasing rings. Then he goes and tries to build this super team with the Nets. And there was just a lot of hate around Kevin Durant. And now all of a sudden, James Harden, having worked his way out of Houston and then out of the, uh, the Nets, out of Brooklyn, Brooklyn yeah. sort of has made him the, vil the top villain of the league. I don't know. I thought that was just kind of an interesting yeah, I subplot. I don't think he's the most likable. I don't know. Just because, I don't know. When I watch him, like, as as an as a spectator, as a fan, to see a guy hop from team to team, I get it. It's what's best for him. And the Sixers are, are definitely a lot better with him on the team. But, I don't know. I love KD. I think he's funny. And people... I'm all in on KD. I, I think he's great. As a guy, he, he's... I don't know. But a lot of people hate likeable. Kevin Durant. I know. I don't really know how you could, though. I get... I, to a degree, I get the, the Warriors thing. But at the same time, like. Yeah, everyone's hopping around. Yeah. But you make a good point there. And I do want to touch on that. Um, like, although Harden, he, Harden is really just adding to this offense. He's not taking much away from Embiid. Embiid still put up 37 points against the Knicks. Nine rebounds, three of six. Maxi still had 21 points. So you're right. And that's why I'm saying the addition of Harden, it just takes the team to the next level. So let's talk about it then. If we look at the odds to win it all, the Sixers now plus 750 to win it all. Your ticket's looking really good. Plus 325 to come out of the East. Let's talk about the Nets a little bit, though, because <laughs> the Nets are plus 275 right now on win bet to come out of the Eastern Conference. Bucks and Sixers plus 325. We just talked about how much better the Sixers team is. You're saying maybe the bench not as deep, but to have three main guys on offense, the Nets now without Harden, NYC COVID laws, as we know, have been impacting Kyrie Irving's ability to play in home games. So when you look at the rest of the season, not having Kyrie at home, you know, their their depth is dwindling. Do you see any value? And we talked about it. It's like, doesn't matter what happens with the Nets. They're probably just going to keep them up there with short odds because it's the Brooklyn Nets. Do you agree that it should be that way? Do you think we're going to see some longer odds coming? I don't... The Nets odds have been low all season because it seems like books are hell-bent on avoiding giving away any value on the Nets just in case things were to work out. Yeah. Say, hey, we're not going to win a bunch of money on the Nets because we don't want to invite those tickets. But I think that number is already baked into Kyrie playing every single playoff game. Because mm -hmm. all it takes is one piece of news for that to come out. And let's say it's plus 1,500. That would get slashed immediately. If that were to mm -hmm. come out and it can come at any moment without warning. And so I do think it's sort of a liability um, limiter in terms of keeping them as one of the favorites, even though they haven't played like it. Who knows if and when Ben Simmons is going to play? Who knows if Kyrie's ever going to be able to be able to play home games? Who knows when Kevin Durant's going to come back or if he's going to be healthy? So I don't think there's any value at all, but I get why it's still that number because it has been that way all year, even though it's been very few moments where the Nets have looked like one of the best teams in basketball. Yeah. Just imagine, Kyrie. I can't, uh, I can't imagine what he's feeling. To go on the road, like we saw Saturday against the Bucks, put up a season-high 38 points, five boards, five assists, and then to go home, 
whether it's Brooklyn, you know, whether it's Barclays, whether it's MSG, even on the road in Toronto, and to know you are fully capable to play. You could get a COVID test to prove you're negative and you still can't. At home, where unvaccinated players on other teams can play, but you can't. None of it makes sense. I'm not even going to say, does it make sense? Because I know it doesn't. None of it makes sense. Yeah, I just want logic to win one time. I think one of the things that makes me so discouraged, and we don't need to get political here, but when stuff happens, whether it's in that space or on social media or whatever, it just feels like so infrequently does logic win. Yeah, And logic tells you that if a fan who can sit courtside at a game doesn't have to be vaccinated, Kyrie Irving could buy a courtside seat, which would be the ultimate petty move, and I would love that, (laughs) and sit courtside. And if an opposing player can come in to the Barclays Center and play in that game, then Kyrie Irving should be able to play in the damn game. Mm -hmm. And this is regardless of what you might think about vaccinations. Like, I am so, I I am pro-vaccination. I have the vaccine. I have the booster. But this doesn't make any sense. And I just want logic to win here. And Mm -hmm. it's, Clearly not. And so you would like to hope that at some point over these next this next week or more for when this, you know, mandate does get lifted. They're saying March 7th is when they're hoping it tracks and they can and lift it all. At some point, someone in whatever office that decision is being made say, hey, just real quick, this one maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense and we should maybe just kind of fix it because it should be that easy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, why are we still doing this? But I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's been what, last six or five home games, they've won just one. There's no doubt him playing would win them more games. So, like you said, it's just logic. <laughs> Let him play. There's nothing we can do about it, but I think it's worth talking about. Yep. Uh, let's stay on Hoops but Talk College because it's not March yet, but the madness has come early. Seven top 10 teams fell on Saturday. And I'll just run through them. I won't say the final score for all of them. Joe, you can touch on the ones that really pissed you off, but... Gonzaga, number one, lost to St. Mary's. Arizona, number two, lost to Colorado. Number three, Auburn, lost to Tennessee. Four, Purdue, lost to Michigan State. Five, Kansas, lost to Baylor. Six, Kentucky, lost to Arkansas. Number nine, Texas Tech, lost to TCU. And then Villanova also lost their game at UConn last Tuesday. In case you're wondering, a $100 Moneyline Parlay ticket with those seven games on WinBet would have won $87,000. A lucky better, don't know if he can see into the future or what. Actually, no, because if he could, he'd put more money on it. A better put down a dollar and ten cents on a 23-leg college hoops parlay last Wednesday and won five hundred and thirty-two thousand four hundred and seventy-eight dollars. Must be <laughs> must must be nice. So that's great. We're happy for him. Sucks for everyone who who bet on the favorites, who bet on the good teams to win this week. What happened here? Yeah, I think it just it illustrates something that it seems like we've known watching this season play out, that there are a lot of teams that can win mm-hmm. and not one team that, that you feel like is the the betting favorite, where Gonzaga went into the last tournament. They, they might even be better this year, but they went into the last tournament as heavy favorites. Yeah, They went in unbeaten, chasing a perfect season. And even in the national championship game against Baylor, they're like, I think, plus 300 favorites against the Bears. Yeah. Ended up getting smoked. This you're going to see, especially when experts put their brackets out, you're going to see a lot of variety in terms of who's being put into that final spot as the national champion. And it's interesting. It's not like, oh, you lost a good, a close game to a good conference opponent who knows you well. Gonzaga got smoked by St. Mary's. 
Arizona got smoked by Colorado. Uh, Purdue got smoked by Michigan State. Kansas lost by 10. Granted, it's the Baylor. So it's just, it's wide open. And this, you know, if you're looking ahead to start thinking, okay, where might I want to go with my bracket? This might be a dark horse year where you can find another Loyola Chicago um, to make a run to the final four. Our producer, Jeremiah, was telling us he's all in uh, on St. Bonaventure. He put his whole life savings on them to make the final four, <laughs> which I like because the Bonnies are a damn good basketball team. Yeah. Um, so it should make for a really infuriating bracket that you might rip up after the first day, but it's going to be super entertaining and I can't wait. That makes me want to just do some stupid parlay. Put $1.10 on 23 leg. Why not? Easy as that. <laughs> yeah. Easy as that. That's betting, people. Well, uh, basketball's in full force, but let's talk a little football before we wrap up. The start of the NFL free agency period begins in just over two weeks. No tampering can be done now, but the rumor mill, of course, has started. Gronk headed to Buffalo are the headlines you're seeing everywhere. As we know, Gronk went to Tampa because Tommy was there. Tommy and Gronk. Tommy left, so wouldn't you think? Well, that means Gronk is going to leave, too. He was already retired. He really just came back to hang out with his buddy. Well, I don't know. And win a ring. Retire and, and, and win, yeah. Retired, no team is the favorite if you were to bet on this, which you can in faraway places. Uh, minus 125, retired, no team. That is the favorite landing spot. Bills at plus 550. Bills, okay. Packers plus 650. And then the Bucks plus 800. I'm very curious to see your take on this. I get it. He's from upstate New York. He's from Williamsville, New York, 30 minutes away from Buffalo's stadium. But like, do you really want to move to Buffalo after living in Tampa when you really don't have to prove anything more? Uh, if you're chasing another ring, which he's won four, he could get a full handful <laughs> of five. Yeah. The Bucks or the Bills, sorry, would be a really fun team for Gronk. And we've seen, I mean, he's been a part of a couple of really talented tight end pairings. Obviously, most notably was the Aaron Hernandez combo in New England. But Tyler Croft and Rob Gronkowski would be a ton of fun for Josh Allen, a team that really, well, I guess until the postseason, didn't feel like it had that legit solidified number two option uh, at wide receiver. Now, Gabriel Davis went bananas in that, mm. uh, that divisional round game with three touchdowns against the Chiefs. But I think it'd be a great fit. And yes, it's not Tampa in terms of the weather, but it's a place that you know very well. You're close to home. Yeah. And you automatically have a chance to win another ring. So um, I, I love the pairing. My gut still says he would retire. Um, yeah, I agree. But that one does make a whole lot of sense to me. And you know, I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen. I loved him last year. I think to have the addition of Gronk would be great. They also have Dawson Knox, who had a huge year. 11 touchdowns in 17 to games. Yep. I thought when I so. said Tyler yeah, Croft yeah. in my <laughs> head, I for sure was thinking Dawson Knox. Um, so appreciate but if you look sister. at his numbers too, like I, I think what we saw last year, we're going to see even more, maybe not as many touchdowns because he just had a lot of red zone looks, but he blew his previous career best in almost every category. He had more routes, run targets, receptions, yards, first downs, and touchdowns in his previous two seasons. He fell only seven catches short of equaling his first two seasons combined. So he saw a huge volume there. I think to, maybe if they didn't have as much talent at tight end, they would definitely consider it. But they also don't have a ton of cap space, so they'd have to move around some contracts and some players. I'm not sure why the Bengals isn't more in the headlines here. Because Gronk even said if there's another quarterback that he would want to play with, it's Joe Burrow. 
have that down in quotations saying he would want to play with them. CJ Uzoma is hitting free agency, the current Bengals tight end. They have a ton of cap space, the fourth most at 49 million. To be part of the field at plus 400, I think there's really good value there in Gronk to go to Bengals. I also do think he's just going to not play anymore. But the fact that he said he would play with Joe Burrow, I see that. And it's a conversation worth having because it's not like Gronk looked cooked last year. Right. I think he's struggling to stay healthy. I think staying healthy has always been his biggest issue. He's only played in 16 games three times, or sorry, two times in his career. Yeah. Um, Three times, sorry. Um, But he had 802 yards and six touchdowns last year in just 12 games. Oh, yeah. So he had a monster season when he was on the field. So there's no reason why if he decided he wanted to keep going, why he couldn't. Uh, He'll be 33 in May, which again, at the twilight there of his career, but he wants to chase another ring. Yeah. Let him do it. If he wants to. I just, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's talk free money, people. Bet $10, win 200. Open a new win bet account. Make a deposit of $10 or more. Take that $10, put it on a bet minus 120 or greater and get $200 in free bets. Go to winbet.com or visit the WinBet app for official rules and details. And the secret word is Harden or James Harden, who is 2-0 with the Sixers. Philly is rocking. Joel Embiid is probably going to be the MVP of the league. And I hope I'm cashing a, a 10 to 1 future on the Sixers winning the title. Harden is the secret word. Send that secret word to the WinBet Twitter account. Uh, slide to those DMs with your WinBet username and email. Include the word Harden uh, for your $25 free bet terms and conditions apply. I like it. That ticket is looking good, Joe. Hey, thanks. Let's talk winning picks. Joe, four and three. Claudia, three, three and one. I assume you're going to continue with college basketball. I've got a hockey pick. I'll let you. Yeah, I wanted to find an NBA play and maybe I'll find some some first half play at some point. But it's just so rarely when I look through an NBA slate and I think, gosh, that's I love that. And then we had Liv Moods on who was fantastic as a guest last week. And she's a she's a huge NBA gal. And that's probably, you know, what seems to be her area of expertise in terms of what she was telling us. And she's like, I avoid sides. She's like, All like, right, never. So, so live moods avoid NBA sides. How am I going to feel comfortable finding edges in the NBA? So I'm going to stick with college basketball again. I'm on a 31 and nine run, uh, which has been a little bit surreal and uh, super lucky, but we're going to hope it continues. Because what do we say to the God of regression? Not today. Satan. Not today. Uh, I'm taking Wyoming plus one and a half at home against San Diego State. Uh, pretty simple logic here. It's a coin flip game, and I'm taking the home team who is getting points. Uh, Wyoming continues to be disrespected by odds makers to me, where you look at last week, they were they were seven-point dogs um, against Colorado State. They covered that. Um, and this, to me, I, I looked through every number, very, very small edges on either side, nothing that looks out that's super glaring that would justify Wyoming being a home dog here. Um, they have a small edge in their favor uh, in terms of free throw shooting. They're 11th in the country in free throw attempts where San Diego State's defense ranks 159th. 21% of Wyoming's points come at the free throw line. So if you want to look for one edge to justify Wyoming, I do like that one. My winning pick, it's chalky, but I'm taking it. Texas Tech minus 12 against Kansas State. A bounce back spot for Texas Tech after losing at home, or sorry, on the road to TCU over the weekend. Um, Kansas State lost by 19 to Kansas last week um, because of edges in the paint and size. 
And those edges very much exist for Texas Tech, if if not even more pronounced. Um, if you're looking at in terms of points in the paint, offensive rebounding and block shots, all massive edges edges in favor of Texas Tech and a huge overall size discrepancy. The average height of each player on average uh, is more than two and a half inches taller per player on Texas Tech. Damn. So some big boys with Texas Tech, uh, Kansas State, one of the smallest basketball teams in college hoops. Um, and KSU relies heavily on three-pointers. Baylor ranks 99th in three-point percentage allowed, so they're very solid there. I couldn't find an edge for Kansas State. Big ones, uh, pun intended, uh, for Texas Tech. I'm taking them minus 12. I mean, you got in the weeds with this. You're, we're, winners, talking we're talking heights. We're talking. We're talking heights. Inches on the heights. We're talking Man, heights. I love it. When every player is on average two and a half inches taller, and <laughs> it, then you look at like, all right, those edges make sense. Those for sure. Sense. Yeah, I love it. Riding the Red Raiders. I'm going to go to hockey. The Devils hosting the Canucks. Devils not quite a team I want to put my money on right now at home after losing five consecutive at home. However, I will bet on Devils right wing Jesper Bratt over two and a half shots on goal. I got it at minus 118. He leads the team in goals and shots on goal. He's gone over two and a half shots in four of his last six games. I like this matchup because the Canucks are allowing a little over 31 shots a game this season, which ranks 17th, but they're allowing even more over the last three, around 39. Brat is averaging over three shots a game this month at minus 118. I think you're getting really good value over two and a half. Like you were saying, Joe, you look at these shot props and it's like, how does he not go over two and a half? And I'm telling you, if you've never bet a shot prop before, it is a little excruciating to watch and be like, that was totally a shot on goal and they yeah. don't count it. And But it's fun. Honestly, I actually really like the shot props a lot more. They come a little later um, in the morning. So you have to keep an eye out when they actually release them. But it is interesting. We've seen the play. rise of hockey props this year. Mm -hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun to watch. Everyone's sick of basketball like me. <laughs> sick of NBA. Backdoor covers and nonsense. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's episode 47. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you on Thursday. Bye.